This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Also, make sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube original channel, UCTV Prime, available only on YouTube at youtube.com slash UCTV Prime. This UCTV podcast is sponsored in part by Audible.com, your destination for the widest selection of digital audiobooks available, including many by guests you've heard here on UCTV. Audible.com is offering UCTV podcast listeners a free 30-day trial subscription and one free audiobook download. Just visit audibletrial.com slash UCTV to sign up. That's audibletrial.com slash UCTV. And thanks. It's an enormous pleasure to introduce Kathleen Fraser, um, who is in my generation, about the most adventurous um, poet I know of. Um, Kathleen was born in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, and um, found her way to New York City so that as a very young poet, I thought of her, as I was starting to read uh, poetry, I thought of her as as a poet of the New York school, whatever the the next generation was. And she went from New York to Iowa City. The first book of hers I have is called um, Little Notes from Lucas Street. Little Notes to You from Lucas Street. And, that, and, and it got already at that time that had a, um, a friendliness and intimacy that was felt new and very fresh at the time. Kathleen came to San Francisco, took a job at San Francisco State. Um, A lot of her early poems were published in a book I've carried around for years called What I Want that summed up that early set of poetry. It's here in the Morrison Room to be read. And um, somewhere during that time, it it was a moment when the culture was riveted by Sylvia Plath and and her friends, Anne Sexton and others. And uh, Kathleen started a magazine called However. I think almost all of it is now available online. Capital H-O-W in quotation, in parentheses, ever in italics. To call attention to a couple of things. One was uh, a buried tradition of, of, of women's experimental writing in America. In the mid-1980s, modernism meant Yeats, Eliot, Pound, Williams, Stevens, Hart Crane, E. Cummings, maybe Marianne Moore. H.D. was not in the textbooks. Gertrude Stein was not in the textbooks. Um, If you talked about the poets of the objectivist movement, you talked about Reznikov, Oppen, Zukovsky, Rakosi, Laurie Niedecker was not mentioned, is not, was not in the anthology. She's still not, not in a lot of the anthologies. You talked about poets of the New York School. You talked about Schuyler, Coke, O'Hara, not Barbara Guest. She wasn't in the anthologies. And Kathleen started with others, started this magazine saying there's a reason for this, and that is there's a kind of model of uh, 
poetry. One, there's a model of expressive poetry in which male editors really like reading uh, extremely unhappy women having nervous breakdowns. But also there is an ethic of the beautifully finished poem and a lot of the most interesting work done in the 20th century, a lot of the most interesting work done by women, she's writing in whatever year this was, 1980 or something like that, um, uh, it isn't like that. It's about the hesitations inside writing. It's about the revisions. Uh, it gets symbolized right away by Emily Dickinson. If you look at her manuscript, she often puts the words she might have used on the same page as the... And the, fact, the very fact that Emily Dickinson's poems were not published in the versions that she imagined as she wrote them down is also an emblem of this. Anyway, it, that moment started... Uh, uh, a complete transformation in American women's writing that she and our Berkeley's Lynn Hagenian between them were responsible for. In that way, she was just been a brave spirit and a kind of brilliant pioneer and opener of poetry for other people. After that, her own work, in my sense of it, changed, and I just tried to characterize. She did. She's done so many things in this way. She's done um, a delicious play for Poets Theatre. She's done artist books, which we'll look at. Her own writing has experimented in a bunch of ways with the possibilities of the poem. And reading her again last night, especially going back to the early poems that I first fell in love with and that taught me something about paying attention to process in poetry, I just reminded of what a gorgeous uh, uh, and deeply intelligent writer she is. And if you could think about the expressive power of poetry in the 20th century, and you could think about the interest in perception that led toward language poetry, pretty much the idea of foregrounding uh, the language, if you say, you know, that's a tree, and then you say, what is a tree? And then you say, what does what mean? That takes you in one direction that the 20th century went. But there's another direction that has to do, that really is buried deep in, the, I think, in the tradition of women's writing that doesn't belong only to women. And, that, and I was thinking of a way to get at it. A way to get at it was reminding me, that hearing the, the actor Peter Falk was once asked if he had a theory about acting. He said, I do. I have an understanding that every feeling is based on an idea, but often we don't know what idea it is we have. And reading Kathleen last night, I thought, and every idea is based on a sensation. First a sensation, then an idea, and then a feeling. And her poetry goes right to that spot almost every time where those, where that, those kind of perceptions happen. I was looking at the, one of the newer books of hers. I'll shut up in just a minute. Uh, uh, here's the begin. Here's here's her teasing her own sense in this way. Uh, uh, a verse play that begins with a character named Sirius saying, um, uh, "Did you notice that the tulips had begun to droop inside their clear plastic jar, even though you pinned and wrapped and skewered them to make them stay up in the water?" And the other Celeste says, "You mean a little bit like a sandwich with too many things piled inside it to distract you?" And the next, and Sirius says, "Not exactly." And that's the moment where I thought, "This is perception. Refine the perception. Think about the perception. Find a way in, and find a way deep into the 
rich currents of the way perception moves. More like a distraction being top-heavy, you know, drooping with possibility. And Celeste, you mean not as beautiful as that pure moment where the perpendicular meets the horizontal? And then we've moved into all those directions at once. We're in the territory of the expressive. We're in the territory of linguistic interrogation. And we're deeply in the territory of understanding consciousness and its relation to the world. And she's just reinvented it for us over and over again in all of her work. Please welcome the amazing Kathleen Fraser. I could die and go to heaven now. Everything's fine. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Bob. I'm sorry you can't be here, but you are here. I'm going to read a poem for Bob, but I'm not going to start with it because I have to lead up to it. Um, I thought it would be interesting to to honor Berkeley and what Berkeley and how Berkeley has welcomed me in my poetry life Um, because I've I've had, I, I think, at least three books published by Berkeley editors um, and, and their, their publishing houses, and, um, and in, in ways that have been immensely supporting to me when I really needed it. Uh, I, my first, well, I had, a first, I had a couple small press books when I first began with Kayak Books, and then one in Iowa City when I went there to teach at the workshop. They had a great printing tradition. So I had that book that Bob mentioned in hardcover, which no one could ever see or buy because it was so expensive. You know, one of those beautifully, exquisitely printed things, which made me fall in love with that whole tradition. But um, after that, I had two books with Harper and Rowe. I had the, the, the fortune, I guess, of having uh, that kind of press, and everyone thought that was great, but it was really a different experience from working with small press editors and publishers. Uh, if, I, if this starts popping, tell me, just kind of go, eh. I can hear something happening. Um, I eventually, after moving around at Iowa, and then I went to Reed College for a year, and then I got a call to come and direct the Poetry Center at San Francisco State, and uh, I wanted to come back to San Francisco, and from then on, I was when I, in my teaching life, I was at San Francisco State for 20 years, and um, one of the things that I loved about the Bay Area, and that would include, of course, Berkeley as well as San Francisco, is the amazing support of small press life and of handmade books, um, of paying attention to the paper, the font, the ink. I mean, there are people over here now, some young poets. I won't go into it because I don't want to leave anyone out, but um, I took a whole satchel of them that I was, I was going to a conference, and I took a whole satchel of these wonderful books that, for me, nurture me as a poet because not only are they beautiful, but a lot of times the work is just a little ahead of or to the side of what's getting a lot of attention um, in the big Harper and Row-type books. So... Um, I, so I'm just, that's what I want to do. I want to read a couple, from a couple of those books, just one poem each, maybe two. So that's what I plan to do. And um, I'm going to start with, with the earliest one, which was, for me, uh, not my earliest book, but the first one done by a Berkeley publisher, which was Kelsey Street. This book uh, was published in, 19, in 1984. And the book is called Something Even Human Voices in the Foreground, a Lake. And 
This book was reviewed in the Daily Cal by a guy, I'm sorry I don't remember his name, it's a little long ago. He gave me a rave review on this book, and it was a completely, for me, completely new work. It was unlike anything that I had published. I was scared to death to put it into the world. I had a couple of friends who said, do it, do it, because I was, I was binding two really different kinds of work. I was doing one kind of work. Uh, I'm tempted to read just one to show you, but I won't. That's off my, off my track. Um, I'm going, to, I'm going to read one poem from this book, and it's for a poet named Francis Jaffer, who uh, died too young from being a, a person who had quite a lot of illness in her life, and she, I think she's a great poet. And I've just co-edited uh, her collected poems, which will be coming out from Night Boat Books, I believe next year, possibly somewhere between a year and a half. And this is for Francis. She helped me on However. She was my main person that really worked hard with me. This is called Medusa's hair was snakes, was thought split inward. I do not wish to report on Medusa directly, this variation of her writhing. After she gave that voice a shape, it was the trajectory itself in which she found her words floundering and pulling apart. Sometimes we want to talk to someone who can't hear us. Sometimes we're too far away. So is a shadow, a real shadow. When he said, red cloud, she imagined red, but he thought cloud, this dissonance in which she was feeling trapped, out of step, getting from here to there. Historical continuity accounts for knowing what dead words point to. A face staring down through green leaves as the man looks up from tearing and tearing again at his backyard weeds. His red dog sniffs at what he's turned over. You know what I mean. We new people have children who learn to listen as we listen. M wanted her own kept saying, red dog, cloud. Someone pointing to to it while saying it, someone discovering stone. Medusa trying to point with her hair, that thought turned to venom, that muscle turning to thought, turning to writhing out. We try to locate blame going backwards. I point with my dog's stiff neck and will not sit down the way that girl points her saxophone at the guitar player to shed light upon his next invention. He attends her silence between keys and underscores them with slow reference. Can she substitute dog for cloud if red comes first? Red tomato red strawberry, as if all this happens on the ocean one afternoon in July, red sunset soaking into white canvas, the natural world, and the darkness does eventually come down. He closes her eye in the palm of his hand. The sword comes down. Now her face rides above his sails, her hair, her splitting tongues. Flashes of light or semaphore waves, 
the sound of rules, of regularity from which the clouds drift into their wet embankments. Um, that one is called Discrete Categories Forced into Coupling, and that was from Apogee Press. And I'm sorry, I don't have it here because I was planning to read two poems from it. It was, a, uh, for me, a very exciting book to do. And I began to, to reflect more and more or have my connections more and more with painting. It, it seemed that um, be, I, I was part of the second generation, kind of on the border of New York School. Um, and the thing that happened was that I became very, very excited by painting as a result because there... The poets always went to see the openings, and the painters always came to our readings at little coffee houses, mostly down in the Lower East Side. And there was a sense of real excitement about each other's work. So that began to drift into, into work. This is, I've been doing artist books um, for the last 10 years, along with other poetry. But uh, I wanted to do this one because um, my friend Joanna Ugolini who did the drawings on that, on that book from Kelsey Street, also did the collages for this book. And we were both, we've both been living in Rome every spring for a number of years, together with our husbands. We friends and were friends here, and we became friends because of Italy. I started going to Italy, thanks to Bob, who recommended me for a Guggenheim, and uh, I got it. <laughs> And which was incredible to me that that happened. And so I, I got to go to Italy. I wasn't ever planning to go to Italy. But this, this is the box that was made by one of the uh, people who specializes in those kinds of things in Rome. This is called Second Language. And our project was, we wrote, we wrote the idea, and you had to apply for this, and it had to have, had to have something to do with Italy because it was through the American Academy. And so um, I said, well, let's, let's, um, we can do that. We'll figure it out. Let's just apply. Because I wanted to start doing collage seriously. I'd been doing it, but I loved her collage work. She's also a, you know, a painter of many types. But I loved what happened with her collaging, and I wanted to start doing that. So anyway, this book, Joanne and I did. We had no idea when we got up to this huge, amazing studio. We figured we'd be put in this little tiny place in the back because I was a poet and she wasn't known or anything. And instead, we got put in this huge painting studio and um, with plenty of room for us. And she carried in huge amounts of posters that she was tearing off walls after the rain. And I brought my little cache of language and things that I wanted to cut up. And I had this little Emily Dickinson kind of desk in the corner, and she put her stuff all over the... So I said, listen, why don't we take turns working here? You know, we'll take turns doing morning or afternoon. And we did that for almost a month, and we made this book. And this book is all hand-pasted. All the texts are done from me taking the first section that I'm going to read, which is only one part of it, is me taking... Um, a memoir, short memoir, that I'd written about my early life before I learned to read, the, the year just before I went to kindergarten. And it's about a kind of ac accessing language in a certain way. But I, I never wanted to publish it because I felt it was, I liked it, but it felt a little sentimental. And I wanted, the, I wanted that information and that experience to be there, but I wanted to somehow rearrange it in a way that I didn't, that I couldn't predict. 
That's why I decided to cut it up. So I cut it up, and it was really, all I can say is that it was one of the more thrilling experiences I've ever had. It was almost like using a Ouija board, except I never used Ouija boards. But I had, I had this language around, spread out, and, and I knew the material because it was my material. And I decided that um, I, I didn't use everything from it, but I decided I would use whatever was there, and I didn't add any other source. And I made these poems. I'm just going to hold this up so you can see. These were shirt cardboards. That's why we maintained the gray as the background. And I'm going to put it out. If anyone would like to look at it afterwards, we'll put it on one of the, ta- on the tables. Um, so that's what I'm going to be reading from, the first section. And most of them are quite short. <clears throat> okay. This section, there are three sections of the text. This one is called In the Photo Day. And this is from that period of childhood. Don't ask me what it has to do with Rome. The rest had to do with Italy, but not this section. Summer Machine. Bare bare feet, not school, but the silver oval was always tall when we talked them into tiny pinpricks sinking into Oxfords now. See our dry, prickly grass as tall as red leather rain been up, Mom? Just sun outlining the stores. We are the toes. Day after day at little mud platform, even before bones shining through in the driveway. Very short one. What can we do today, Mom? She's busy trying late. She swim their photo noon before dressing and plopped us in that aftergraph. Our legs are covered with little red bites the night before the night of accordion players in the park who arrive always after supper with black bumps for different notes to press when the dark is still good on one side of walking home. We run around and follow edges of trees to make up our own sound, but finally a step is getting thick. The accordion players squeeze their pleated boxes out and in over summer's wet paper, and we hear accordion dark fall into us we've never had. Down cool green. I should kind of hold this up so you can see what is opposite. Down cool green. A jump rope is the curve in grass, and we are thinking grasshopper music attached to branches. Our oars are thick with what we can do still hidden in the dark shiraz. We're husks of dead locusts, not here yet, but we don't see them turn from brown to red, and then where do they go above pinches and tucks of cloth? The stars find every afternoon. How in day of flag, and where he was sitting when he tied Oxfords of first laces by ourselves yet there, was it the morning pulling New dress over, and did we walk alone? Couldn't breathe. Didn't like my woo eyes. 
When was the chiggers that brown? School. The beginning of all I missed was dying inside my lower lip from being ice with twigs as tall as the space between lines and letters half as turquoise melted in the photo day. Anything looks large and still when something has happened in a pond. First dead bugs in it as if it has a shadow mouth under it, but rounder. And the little bed seems so full trying to make the big letters snow. Here's one of my favorite collages. It's small, but I'll hold it up. When I saw the blue tin hole inside of her lunch, I admired its definite use and the clean sock preserved in a little metal stretch pail with no time. Black ink points that no one could use. Fluttery in my little brother's foot show with pink erasers to twist, not even one of my pencils with the top she bought for him. I looked at my wooden measuring. When did it start being a painted yellow sharpener feeling, marked like arms? First day. Window shadow. Just as grown-ups look into their past sheets of right words. It's the low bumps song have after words have. Okay, this is the poem that I wanted to read for Bob. It's in five sections, and it's called Something We Needed, and I wrote it when I was up in those islands off of Washington, and it's called... um, (laughs) Blanking on the... the, What? San Juan. Uh, San Juan Islands, thank you, yeah. And I I was fortunate to be invited to spend 10 days at this uh, lab. It's kind of a biological research lab that the University of Washington owns up there, and they make space available now and then for artists and writers. And um, someone very nice told me about it and suggested that I apply. So I did, because I have never been to a writer's colony. I I always had a kid or something going on. (laughs) So this was my first time. This was about four years ago. And it was amazing for me to have all that time. I had a little house of my own, I had another a library to go to. All, all meals were uh, there. You could go or not. And uh, it was really having silence, it turns out, is very, very nurturing. <laughs> I knew that. I just didn't, hadn't figured out how to do it. So this is called Something We Needed. <clears throat> First Sight. Subtracting from black, it approaches the middle distance of elephant gray or the disappearance of assigned pigment. The water's surface defines two of four dimensions, fire having been relatively accessible above ground, even as the land animals were shut away from their familiar huts. 
most water depth had not been measured until there was none. We were told, excuse me, we were not told, or was it that we didn't know how to recognize the symptoms as our brains grew feeble from continuously multiplying facts? Oil spill tinned and marketed, yet certain parts of the alphabet were discovered along the low gray wall identified as the horizon. X seemed particularly poignant, suggesting something we needed. That was August 1st. These are all done as journal entries. Black suitcase. Color arrives. Green arrives as a subset in collaboration Sun having risen in place, again, black suitcase pulled over bed of needles. The doe turns, glances up at intervals, leans, nibbles at early soaked grass, haunches markedly slanted inward at knee joints intended for escape, though still seen through glass door with smaller replica behind her, nibbling, glancing up at black jeans passing. Wakened by silence, gray light snagged in tree bark continuous of what had been called nobility of task before and after you stood there. Creep and flow of pattern in genus, evergreen, all commas. If I woke early... That is, if for any reason my eyes were prompted to open, it was, n- it was not from a dream, but that someone's voice said, morning, as if from outside sleep, not the mechanical command of alarm, but inviting me to reassemble and inhabit a body as it leaned across cotton sheets to see clock hands at 7.05 a.m. Some sort of brain scan, uh, J at the door of sleep, not physical in the, in the normal sense one thinks of bodily presence, but as in the signal of a passage, passenger ship approaching, you in unmeasured depth still sleeping, being the harbored one in middle distance. The chromatic balance had again arrived to reassure and with its question startle the body, grateful to be yet touched by cotton depth, green and blue the medium in which we understood the ship coming closer. Sidebar, a kind of arrival. It becomes more difficult to know where to start. Look at your own desk, cartons filled with bubble wrap, arrive and seem to to ignite the progress of worry. Why bother? is a common thought impeding the process of screening and filing. Only this morning, the lab of a research scientist was abandoned to flying termites. The public believes the pervasive smell of rot that hovers over the town as they step off the ferry onto protected land is the natural world turning over on the weekend. We are here and happy to be here, to be here, to be here. 
being intermittent. Quote, Proust described the intermittences of the heart. Someone should describe the intermittence of being. Antonine Artaud. Singular, to take in fully any aspect of the body without its cotton t-shirt and sturdy black denims, to think of his skin just after rising, sex asleep now in its ambient, staggering into darkness, perception of elbow and knee joint held us held in stillness as if a mechanical device were perched to advance the film one more frame moved forward, numerically fluent, yet his pulse is electrical, not muscular, stopped. Excuse me, my glasses are giving me a problem right now. I'm going to start that sentence over. In the middle. One more frame moved forward, numerically fluent, Yet his pulse is electrical and muscular, stopped intent of metallic aperture. You were not on the verge of disappearing or reemerging to become a tree, each side of your body now holding the wished-for rope of descent, possibly perilously down the worn stairs to wet sand and piled driftwood core of cypress trunk with no evident measurable pulse, storm-washed, drained of mineral, the stain plowed under, under. But you were waiting for something fully formed that in sidestep would alert you, pull you to its intermittent claim on you, this rescuing being a rendering up of today's shed margins." Empty sea in mind. In empty expectancy, what movement may reveal itself stepping from behind the cypress sending signals out to its planetary rings, furthest ring closest to bark already peeling, taking on cell mass, porosity, in which chambers swiftly constructed now lean in to gather moisture even in error. Edge of scraped skin pulling back under pressure of cellular arrival. Intermittent light having equal periods of shining and eclipse. Wave periodicity. We are at our desks. Tiny lamps shine back at us from early fishing boats scooting over the sound's icy water. Now gearing forward, the boats clip trails of white left behind as they surge ahead. Foam and scum pools gather near shore. If this is runoff, the salty days are leaving us. What happens to the formal holding place of each born thing when its shape dissolves to liquid? Waking alert, waking alert Ear cones shifting position, weight of insect tipping over, tinfoil scrap, walking in place, wanting any bird to hop and skitter. A willingness to choose evaporation, 
remote from land as ice is to the saltiest part, polar seats, polar seas continuously entering, mosquitoes' delicate leg joints as it lands on your arm, seeking blood. Remoteness is salt. What water leaves behind will be added or subtracted in rapid degrees of separation. The urgency to crystallize and shine, a decision, wait, a decision as decisions wait for all of us. Animals suddenly there on the other side of glass, resolute with their intelligence gathering, spread evenly through the body. Factual tactility, tenacious weed attached to wood frame, leaking stain, as if to ground itself. You wake up to throbbing, scanning for memory of an inquiry, of an injury, whose, in, whose incipient arrival cannot be seen, as if secluded in its own bandwidth. Uh, I'll finish with a poem. Uh, what, what this has to do with this part of the world is that it was published first. It's in a larger book, but it was published first by Dale Going for M Press. And that was, let's see, she has the date here. That was in 1995. So that's, you can see how things moved along. Um, this has drawings by my son, David Marshall, in it. And um, it's dedicated to Mel Bachner, who had an amazing show uh, in Rome, and to Joe Brainerd, who died of AIDS, and his partner, Kenward Elmsley, uh, who I had just visited before I wrote this poem. And um, so it's a kind of elegy, in a way. It's got... Uh, it's got, let's see, just to let you know, Giovanni. It's got uh, ten parts, but some of them are very short. Okay. One, the underdrawings. The new comes forward in its edges in order to be itself. Its volume by necessity becomes violent and three-dimensional and ordinary, all similar models shaken off and smudged, as if memory were an expensive, thick, creamy paper, and every corner turned now in partial erasure. Even bits of pearly rubber, matchstick, and lucent plastic, leaving traces of decision and little tasks performed, as if each dream or occasion of pain had tried to lift itself entirely away, contributing to other corners, planes, and accumulated depth. The wing is not static, but frayed, layered, fettered, furling, and stony. Its feathers cut as if from tissue or stiffened cheesecloth condensed in preparation for years of stage work. Attached to its historic tendons, more elaborate, the expansive rib cage, grieving, stressed, yet marked midway along the breastbone with grains of light. There are two men. They are tall men, 
and they are talking softly among the disintegrating cubes. First Black Quartet, Via Tasso. A cube's clean volume shatters and reassembles its daily burnt mark. The new is used and goes backwards into match sticks, one struck at each day's oxygen. Common pinched breath and nerve the remaining light bricked up. Now melt with nothing changed, yet he persists, as does pain, have a way of crashing in on you, swimming through matter, heart rate in each cell. There are two men turning their limit of blanket that one particular evening appears in reds to unfold in expanding brilliant traces or stars, that which is known to us, or just improvised on deep kitchen floor, meanwhile picking, pecking at our skin ghost or angel sent to tell us what we didn't want to know. Via Van Vitelli. It can happen that the intoxicating wing will draw the mind as a bow. The cubic root of wing falls backwards with light leaking through at the edge. The cube is formally particular and a part of speech and lost. It looks for like kind regardless of function and attempts to replace itself. The square root of anything captures and holds, seeming to be final, and we are grateful. We are the delicate we see the delicate marks along the feather, and we follow now to define or depict the outskirts of meaning. A plume of smoke or any of the growths which cover the bodies of birds. To form a model of the wing's surface, the cube arrives on a day called the darkest day. Its likeness consists of strength, atonality, pigment, emptiness, and shafts partly hollow. I put my mouth just at the opening where a steel edge gives way to an angle from which light emerges along its soft, narrow barbs. If the wing had a voice, it would open through a shaft. I am not of that feather. Line. Attached by, attached by some natural substance, the arm or leg, with elbow or joint, midway suggests the next incision or protrusion. It stiffens as a fin or rib projecting new function. It emits signals, periscopic, familiar, helical into the spinal, wing, could loosen that line's identity calling to itself with charcoal error, only in contradiction to that which is known to us of nature. Via della penitenza, color. Even the new is attached or marked by attachment. The shimmer of wing which claim may tell us everything in a white blink. Just as in troubled moments, it disappears. A young girl in Arkansas the quill of an angel in warm light from orange and yellow regions falls. Waking, touched, an angel stands in technicolor as cosmonauts look out on jetliner wingspan, attaching itself collectively. 
these retinal bodies larger, remarkable for their iridescence. Crossroads. He extends thus into plumage as fruit rubbed from walls soaks inward. Your mango human skin doth beckon overlaps against the larger screen. Where floods are night hike, features of body assemble their hawk-eyed distance, abnormally retaining jetliner lure. Yet wanting the same thing always, your innocence dressed in red anterior borders. Pinion and spur, my teeth which may fit the angel's gear. Having seen thy ancient ground, messenger, wing. Fallout. New and melt with rush all in one place, nothing changed. I did not grow up. I went away in one place, brooded I over skier in black, the flyer forces that dive far, yet he persists in contradictions to, as does physical pain, that which is known a way of crashing in on you, to us changing now perilous, their spots unawares, your own heart stopping, she used words downward, who like brilliance, but are you turning? He had no truck with the mysterious, like stones found, not having opened after each other, Herodotus, the sifted swimming through matter, cocoa color, I was thought, though burning, hot, except our gills events, but where his cold hand did not flow, touched, a normal one throwing up screens, and satisfied, lest they be struggling, with his diction and bickering, plain, plain as the palm on a particular evening to attract brilliant treads, something more with a cleft on its upper lip appearing to unfold as if marked. Matter. There are two men without feet. They are tall men swimming through matter. In the final section, which turned out, I was working with squares, and it turned out to have a shape in the middle of a wing, which I did not plan. I just did. I, I went back into the text. For those of you who are writers, I'm telling you this because it's interesting. Uh, I decided to go back into my text of the earlier pieces and to pull things that interested me and to compose something from that as a final thing. And I lined it up on this side. And I lined it up on this side, and I just, I just subtracted till I got down to a certain place, and then I added back in, and then I put the last line, and then this. And that's how it was. And then I printed it out, and there was this wing shape in the middle. Couldn't have ever thought of it myself. Okay, this is called Vanishing Point, Third Black Quartet. Forward edge itself to be volume by necessity, as if partial erase. Edge itself to be volume by necessity, as if partial erase. Itself to, to be volume by necessity, as if partial erase. To be volume by necessity, as if partial erase. Be volume by necessity, as if partial erase. Volume by necessity, as if partial erase. By necessity, as if partial erase. Necessity, as if partial erase. As if partial erase. If partial erase. Partial erase, erase of pearly, lucent, 
decision and little tasks of pain had tried to lift, to lift, tried to lift, had tried to lift, pain had tried to lift, of pain had tried to lift, tasks of pain had tried to lift, little tasks of pain had tried to lift, and little tasks of pain had tried to lift. Decision and little tasks of pain had tried to lift. Lucent decision and little tasks of pain had tried to lift. Erase, other, corners, planes, accumulate, depth, condensed, in, preparation, stage work, historic, tendons, elaborate, ribcage, marked, midway, with, grains, of, light, talking softly among disintegrating cubes, the falling wing will draw the mind as a bow. Itself the wing, not static, but frayed, layered, fettered, furling. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.